0: Today? It is Wednesday, my new... This is gonna be Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday today. Wednesday already, I should say. Uh, As we know, Monday was Labor Day, which gave me a three day weekend. Three day weekends are awesome, I'll give you that. But it makes the rest of my week very hard because I just simply don't have enough time to get everything done. I'm a day behind. I'm a day behind. I already have. There's a lot going on, like a lot of moving parts that I got scheduled to get done, right? So, kind of behind the eight ball, didn't have the time to really prepare, so I'm shooting from the hip a lot here. And we're going to go on a wild ride today on this devotional because I have in my mind where we're going to go. how we get there is another issue, like I don't know. But so, first thing I want to do is I have an, a confession that I have to make. And it's, it's going to be a shocker. I am in an abusive, toxic relationship. And it's actually sort of an, an abusive, toxic relationship, relationship slash love triangle. And I know you're like, oh, what? A love You're a pastor. I know. I know. I'm a pastor. But I'm here to come clean and air all my... Dirty laundry. You know, often I've thought about uh, people in abusive relationships, both physically abusive, mentally abusive, all that. And I always thought, why would that person, the victim, stay in that relationship? Like, why would you do that? It seems it's logical. You leave. You get out of town, right? It's done. Abusive, done. Uh, But I guess I kind of know now. Uh, let me, let me explain my abusive toxic relationship slash love triangle is with Taco Bell and McDonald's and I had a bit of a dust up with, uh, with my, my girl Taco Bell and, uh, I, it, it's just, I want to be done with them. I want to be, I want to just I, wipe my hands. Just we're done. I can't go back. You have hurt me enough, right? I want, I want to do that, but then I think about living the rest of my life without chicken quesadillas from there or the grilled cheese burritos. Um, and I don't know what it is. The Mountain Dew there tastes better. I, don't know, I just, I just don't know if I can do it. And, and so, here's what happened. Thursday, so we're almost a week from this. Dust up, this kerfuffle, as uh, Judge Judy would call it. Um I'm here with Ryan Nye. He does a lot of work for Manthers. I'm like, let's get, let's get lunch. Do you like Taco Bell? He goes, yes. Because, I mean, that's the right answer. If you just say, no, I don't like Taco Bell, something's wrong with you. Because it's delicious. And then I know people are like, it's got grade D meat. Turns out I love grade D meat. I don't know. I don't know. I like the food there. It's my favorite fast food. Anyways... I was like, let me get let's get us some Taco Bell. He's like, cool. He gives me his order. Now, I use the app because I have found down south here, I don't know if you guys know this, the service is terrible. And you will wait forever in line, and there's there's just no urgency. And it's just, it's frustrating. But you put it in the app. You can either, if there's no line at the drive thru, you go through that. Other than that, you can go inside. It's much quicker, less stressful, less frustrating, right? So I use the app. I put it in. I get notification. We received it. Either go to the drive-thru or come on in. Say your name. We'll give you the food. Perfect. So I wait 5, 10 minutes because that's pretty quick for here. And I, uh, I head on over there. I get to Taco Bell and there's cones blocking off the drive-thru, and I was like, that's weird. Let me just go inside and get it. I go, ting, 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 the door is locked. Taco Bell's closed. They're closed. There's not a soul in there. Dark. And I was like, oh, I just paid for this on the app. Well, now what? So I immediately get back on the app, and I report the problem. And there's lots of, you know, like you're going through this stuff, and one of the choices was restaurant not open. So this has happened before. Okay, good to know. I click it and then there's a little box where you can put in what you say, I explain what happened and I ask very nicely for a refund of 22.94. I wait by the end of the day. Oh, and it also said, "Do you want a follow-up from TalkAbout?" Why yes, I do. I would love a follow-up. So I put I, everything is done by the end of the day. Guess what? No follow-up, no refund. Next day, check, no follow-up, no refund. I'm checking junk, spam folders, nothing. Nothing there on the app, zip, and they have they have all my information. They have the order number. It's all documented. So Monday, I'm sitting at home, got nothing to do. Let me, uh, let me fire off another email. So I go back to the app, and guess what? This time, the submit button will not work. It's grayed out. And I was like, interesting. Go to Taco Bell.com, Same thing. Contact me. Go through the process. Won't let you submit. Great out. And I'm like, oh, so I quickly think, let me go Facebook, go to Facebook message. Cool. I can send a message this way. Now, I don't know if this is going to do any good. Who's who knows? But uh, I message and I'm going to pop this up on the screen. It's very nice. And it says, I placed this order Thursday, 8:31:23 23 via my Taco Bell mobile app. I wasn't logged in and used this on my work email address. Put that in. My order number was, put that in, the total was $22.94. Received notification was the order received and to pull up the drive thru and give them my name. When I arrived, the drive thru was blocked with traffic cones, and the doors were locked, the restaurant was closed, there was no one there. I immediately used the app to report this again, Thursday, 831, and asked for a refund as so I had not received my order. Still have not received a refund. I need this refund ASAP. I also went through the app and requested a follow-up. Haven't received that either. I just typed in this uh, to the app on Contact Us, and the submit, submit button was grayed out, so now I'm unable to send the messages. Went to Taco Bell, Contact Us, and again, grayed out. And then I received a message back, and it says, for help, please reach out to us at Taco Bell Care on Twitter, or or our contact us page at Taco Bell. And then I said, hey there, for help. Or, and then I said, uh, I put a screenshot of the grayed out submit. And I said, grayed out non-submit functionings. I said, grayed out non-functioning submit button. You guys are something else, aren't you? And I'm just, I'm frustrated. So then I went to Twitter. Go to Twitter, which is now called X or whatever. I messaged there. What Per their agreements, I put the same... Uh, I put the same message in there, but this time I added a little thing on there that says, "I thought it was just the restaurants that were filled with incompetent people, but apparently it's a top-down situation." So we got that going for us, uh, and and my wife has been, like, "You just need to go into Taco Bell." Other people said that too, but I don't want to go into Taco Bell because I already know the interaction that I'm going to have there. They don't care. They just don't care. This anywhere down here in the fast food business, you got a complaint, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, but here's one thing I promise: I will not relent. I it will be persistent. I will not give up. I will get that twenty two ninety four. It will be reimbursed on principle, just like when the gym closed and they were holding a hundred and some dollars for me. I got that money back because I was persistent. I was constantly emailing. I was constantly ruffling feathers. That's what's going to happen. Now, I mentioned that I don't want to go in there because I already know how it's going to go, how it's going to play out. Uh, And here's... So there's a show that my wife and I recently found called Customer Wars on Hulu. I think it was on TLC originally. And it's about crazy customers. They go nuts and people videotape it. And... 99% 99% of the time, my wife and I watch it, we're like, look at this nut. Like, they're just losing their mind. A lot of it happens at fast food, and, and I understand it's frustrating. But there was one that really spoke to me. Oh, it really spoke to me. There's a guy at the drive-thru. He walks up to it after something has gone awry. And he's, they're yelling back and forth at each other, the person working in him. And he says to the guy, to the person, I just need you to be competent. And I just can't relate more than that. Like, I understand what this guy is going through. He's like, every time I come here, this happens. I get this, that, whatever. And I've said this thing to McDonald's in the past. Like, I just, I'm here for two sausage McMuffins. That's all I need. It's just sausage, cheese, and a McMuffin. Why is it so hard? I just need you to be competent. And this guy was made out to be crazy, But I don't think he is. He's just gotten to his breaking point because he loves the food. For me, that sausage McMuffin reminds me of my grandpa. I have to have it. Taco Bell, call me crazy, but it's delicious to me. I love it. And I keep going back and getting smacked in the face by rudeness, long waits, and an awful service. And it's just, this is an abusive relationship and I need to cut ties, but I can't because I love it so much. Ugh Now, with McDonald's, this this love triangle that I'm in there, they've been acting better lately. There's still bumps in the road. I still see the red flags are still there. Uh, my last visit though was extremely it went well. I, I pulled up, there was nobody there. I ordered, I got up. It was like very quickly, and that never happens. So I'm like, oh, they're changing. they're they're better. Although the time before that, I ordered two Satchel McMuffins. I get it. And at the time, I was like, this is amazing. I get back to church here to eat them, and I had two McGriddles. And it's like, I mean, I'll eat the McGriddles, but I didn't want them. Like, why are you doing this to me? So there it is, the abusive love triangle that I'm in. Maybe I can summon the strength to leave them both. Uh, but if you look at my options, though, I don't have a lot. Like, look who's available in town? If this was a dating situation, like Wendy's. I mean, Wendy, everybody talks about her. She's cute and all that. But, I mean, she's terribly slow. Terribly slow. You got to carve out 30, 40 minutes just for the drive through And plus, I mean, she's just okay. The food's just okay, right? Uh, Burger King's been a no-go for me. Since we moved here, my wife went there once. Got like the first time she went there, she got a, a deep fried nickel in her fries. So it's like, I'm not, we're not into that. Sonic's food to me just like it seems so unhealthy. And I know that's gonna cons- They're like, you like talk about, I know, but there's something about eating Sonic's food just sits like a. A lead weight in my stomach. I just don't like it. Plus, you have to wait like an hour if you go there to get a milkshake. It's just—it's frustrating. Almost every time I've been to Arby's, they tell me they only take cash. I never have cash. It's just like ugh. And Chick-fil-A—that's—that's that's what everybody's a go-to. Chick-fil-A, 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 Chick-fil-A. Their service amazing. They're good. I get it. Uh, but there's so much—only so much Chick-fil-A you can take. And to me, Chick-fil-A is kind of like. A girl who you weren't really attracted to, but she's really nice. She's got a good personality, so you hang out with her, but at the same time, you're like, oh, am I leading this girl on? And, like, I like her, but I don't like her like her. And I don't want this to be weird, but she's good to go hang out with once. It's this whole thing, like it's that thing. Now, Now, Jangles, on the other hand, is pretty awesome. I love that. Uh, I love Bo's chicken sandwich, actually, more than Chick-fil-A's. I know everybody puts Chick-fil-A's where it does pedestal, but... I think Bojangles is where it's at. And, and by the way, I love the fries at Bo's. Best best fries in town, if you ask me. But that being said, uh, the fries, the seasoning, which makes it so good, super inconsistent. Like sometimes you get a little seasoning, sometimes you get a lot. And I need consistent seasoning on my fries. I need consistency. And then lastly, we have a bunch of sandwich places here. Jimmy John's, Jersey Mike's, Firehouse, Subway. But I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Service is way better than the fast food fried stuff. But at the end of the day, they're just just sandwiches. Now if we could get a Leary's giant subs in town here, now we'd be talking. Or something you guys down south here don't know about. And that is a place called Avanti's from southern Illinois. you eat a sandwich from there, it's just going to change your life. They're called gondolas, first of all. And you you take a you take a bite of their sandwich, you hear the angels singing. It, that's facts. But enough about my abusive relationship with Taco Bell and McDonald's. Let's get to the actual devotional. We're gonna start with the scripture, but I do have to say this this is still gonna be weird. This is this is a weird devo today. So here, Matthew 16, 15 through 16. He said to them, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Simple. Believe, get baptized, receive salvation. Do not believe and well, condemnation. Which reminds me, we do have baptism coming up here at Point North Church in Monks Corner, South Carolina. Uh, We have that coming up in... October so if you are a believer Then you should probably get baptized It's a good idea um, But this whole idea Of this devotional it Was brought to you by a movie I watched This this past weekend um, And it's The Dark Knight Rises And I know it's weird To think like I'm watching Dark Knight Rises And I'm thinking this is a devotional I could talk about But this is what happened So I saw the movie before Uh And when I first saw it, it annoyed me. The movie still annoys me. But I... I, But, so, spoiler alert from 2012, I'm going to tell you... I'm going to break down the movie, right? I was thinking about how I was going to break this down, and it's, like, so long-winded. There's a lot of movie parts. I'm going to try to condense it as much as possible. So we're just going to say, Batman's retired. A new bad guy, Bane, shows up, uh, starts causing trouble, lures Batman out. Then they get into a fight and Bane defeats him badly, breaks his back, throws him into a prison in another country where the only way out is through this giant like well that nobody's ever gotten out except for one person. In the meantime, Bane is in control of Gotham City. He blows up all the bridges, no one can get in and out, and he takes a nuclear energy fusion thing that Wayne Industries has made and turned it into a nuclear bomb and He's going to blow up all of Gotham City, which is New York, right? So, and nobody can do anything about it. It's mass chaos in Gotham City because the bad guys have it under control. Now, oh, and you also made me thinking, what about all the police force in Gotham? Well, they went underground to look for Bane and were trapped, and so they're all trapped underground. So there's no police. There's just a group of ragtag detectives and stuff like that trying to figure out how to help without Batman. We're up to date. Now, by the time Batman heals up, escapes the prison that nobody can ever escape, we only have 18 hours until this bomb goes off. Now, it's going to either go off in 18 hours by itself, or there's somebody in Gotham who has a trigger that can set it off at any point. If they see something going down, they can hit that button, everybody's dead. So, here's the, here's the first thing. When I first saw the movie, that really annoyed me. And that is, there's 18 hours left. Batman arrives in Gotham, and you know, we're on the clock. There's 10 million plus people that are going to die if this thing goes off. And instead of just getting to business... He decides he's going to make a grand entrance. So he takes gasoline, and he paints his Bat symbol with gasoline on top of a bridge. And then he has somebody light it so that it shows everybody Batman is back. Now, that annoyed me because if you only have 18 hours, this is not a five-minute craft that you do. This is going to take—you got to—I mean, it looked great. So he took his time creatively, artistically— to put his bat symbol up there and then the, I've never painted with gasoline, but I'm sure it's a little harder than with regular paint. It's a lot it's like water. So it's like it, it drips. There was no drip. It it looked fantastic. So this is a painstakingly long process that he went to point to paint his bat symbol up and light it up on fire. So we're already against the clock. We're we're on the gun. There's no times for arts and crafts. That annoyed me first. But when I was watching it this time Oh, I was infuriated by something. So this bomb is being carried around in a truck, but there's three trucks so that nobody knows which one it's actually in, and these group of ragtag people are trying to figure out which one it is. Batman arrives. He goes to um, Commissioner Gordon with this box. He goes, I created this thing. It's going to stop the signal. So (laughs) it's a box that if you put it on the bomb, the trigger person can't set it off. Right? Good. I like it. But in the meantime, Batman causes so much chaos, fighting, going all this that at any point that person could have pulled that trigger. Everybody's dead. And so then he finally gets to Bane, and is beating him up, and he keeps asking, him, "Who's the trigger person? Who's the trigger person?" And uh, finally, Commissioner Gordon gets the bomb, puts the thing on there, and then the girl, who he didn't think he thought it was a good person, his lover she was the trigger person and she hits it and didn't go off and then here we are now that's very complicated that's a complicated situation that he put everybody through convoluted a lot of moving parts a lot of people doing different things that were unnecessary what he should have done showed up not told anybody you have that box that stops the trigger you find the bomb, you get in there, you put that in there so the trigger person is taken out. Then you take that bomb oh, and you disable it, which was the plan to begin with. And once the bomb is disabled, now you go get the bad people because the risk of killing 10 million people is off the table. It's done. His plan is ruined. But instead, no, you're making all this stuff so at any point everybody could have died. And, and it, was, it was just frustrating because I'm like, why are you doing this? Now, had had you followed my uh, my plot, like if I this is what you do, probably wouldn't have been as entertaining as uh, as Christopher Nolan's version. But it was more logical. It was simple. It was the right thing to do. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, how does this whole dissertation of the dark night rises connect to Matthew 16 15 through 16 and here's where we're going to tie this together I think our jobs as Christians my job as a pastor I'm thinking about what we do and how we view bringing people to faith and and the discipleship and all that are we complicating things and I think so that scripture is very simple believe Baptize equals salvation. And I know that churches, not just our church, like all churches, that try to come up with all these different programs and these cute ways to get new believers and entertain mature believers and women believers and men believers and separate this and that and do events. And small groups come up with fun and trendy outside-the-box studies and events are held not only to get unchurched people, but there are these events also got to keep the current church members and believers entertained and preoccupied. And and we got to have for something for, somebody, for everybody. And what about this group? What about that group? Hey, there's this new group I didn't even think about. We got to make something for them. And it's just, I just feel like we're overcomplicating everything in the name of entertainment. Are we? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Like I said, if they... If the Dark Knight rises had followed simple with logical strategy, that probably wouldn't have been as entertaining. And Christopher Nolan had all these craziness, crazy parts put in there and and uh and and it was entertaining. Uh, but my my way would have got the job done easier with less risk, right? And so what I'm leading to here, I know I know that this is a weird this is a I hope you don't listen to this. So here's the, here's what I'm saying. This is this is prime what I'm talking about is this this podcast devotional right now. You could say well, aren't you doing a cute thing to get new believers and entertain probably probably I don't know, but uh am I overcomplicating it? Maybe you might think it's not complicated enough, but I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Maybe that's what it is. Like I said, Labor Day was just here. I didn't have, I had way less time to prepare for this, Devo. So, so, so this is what we get with less prep time. And I hope I say something, I hope every time I say something good and that you get something out of it. Maybe, maybe I'm on a 50% uh, hit rate where you're like, half the time you say something that I'm like, oh, that makes good sense. Half the time, I don't know what you're talking about, which could happen. I know. But I hope that you'll stick with me because, you know, I feel like sometimes I have, like, a really great one, and I'm like, man. eh," Or sometimes I have ones that I'm like, I don't even know what I said, and somebody comes up to me like, that was pretty good. I was like, hmm, interesting. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that's what I have today. Are we overcomplicating Christianity? We just need to get people to believe, get baptized, and then they'll have salvation. Now I understand we're supposed to disciple and I'm all for discipling. Trust me, I'm all for it. But it says right there. Let me go back to that scripture. He said to them, "Go, all go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation." I think we do that, right? We're preaching. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the goal—to get people saved. But whoever didn't does not. be condemned. We don't want the people to be condemned. So we're trying to to reach all the people. And I think that's probably where all the entertainment and all the groups and all the fun, cute, trendy things come from that we're trying to do uh, because we don't want these people to be condemned. So we're trying everything we can to bring them from condemnation to salvation. So... That's what I have, and maybe food for thought. Maybe this is just something we we think about and just uh, marinate on it. I don't know. So hopefully I'll see you next week if this didn't make you say, I never want to listen to this again. I don't know. You have a good one. See you next time.